My guest today is Joey Nobody, a world-renowned tattoo artist, graphic designer, and cartoonist. His career started when he was only 13, a nobody, he thought. But to those that truly know him, he is incredibly selfless, extremely talented, and has lived nine lives. I could sit here and listen to him for hours. His Rolodex of work is unmatched. He has tattooed everyone from outlaw bikers, rock bands, and the most elite operators in the U.S. military and abroad. We discuss the history of tattoo culture, the evolutions he's seen, and how he has become the official tattoo artist for Naval Special Warfare with close to 3,000 bone frog tattoos. Now he's branching out and helping brands, businesses, and even Hollywood. So let's get to the episode. Welcome to uh, episode six of the Late Night History Podcast. My guest today is Joey Nobody. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Thank you. I'm truly honored. So like the first thing I wanted to start off with was, um, so if you're a listener and you, uh, you open the podcast app, you're going to see a logo. And that podcast logo was created by Joey Nobody. And the story behind that logo, it was uh, the first picture that I uploaded to the blog that I started of the same name on February 28th, actually February 22nd, 2018. And it was of uh, the U.S. Navy Fighting Squadron 17. And they were nicknamed the Jolly Rogers. And they had 13 World War II aces. And to be an ace, you have to have five confirmed kills. And they had a triple ace, two double aces, and one uh, just single ace. But uh, Joey was the one that made the podca- podcast logo, and it looks pretty badass. So I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> I, I, I love nostalgia. I'm a fan of nostalgia and, and old school. You know, like that is a timeless era. You know, so I love I love that stuff. You know, especially the stories behind it. You know, makes oh, it yeah. a lot more uh, poignant. So let's start with. Uh, can you tell me about your background? As like your as- like where you grew up and like your childhood. I grew up in New York and uh, city boy and, and Long Island too. And uh, it wasn't, uh, I mean, I was a, grew up in your typical like soprano Italian, super Italian neighborhood. You know, my father was from Italy, very stringent Roman Catholics. And, uh, and uh, I was kind of like the, the odd kid out, you know, I, I, I was able to draw since I was like two from what I recall. And, uh, you know, we weren't well off like many other people and couldn't really buy art supplies, you know? So I drew on anything and everything. Like if I found a pen or a marker, or even, you know, took one from school, like, you know, in between the readers, you know, if there was a blank spot on the reader's digest or, you know, toilet paper or whatever, you know, until somebody had to take a crap, you know, I would, I would draw on anything, you know? But the, the, the funny part was like back then, I mean, you know, I mean, New York was very harsh growing up, very tough growing up, and you couldn't really show that that artsy side, you know, so to speak, you know, you know, especially in that kind of neighborhood. So, you know, you had to be a little bit tough. So I learned how to box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, eight news jobs later, you know, I'm like I'm better at drawing. <laughs> what were some of like the things that you like early on? What were you drawing? Uh, I was always a monster kid, you know, like I loved horror movies, even though they scared the shit out of me. Uh, you know, uh, the old universal monsters, uh, anything like fantasy like that, mostly the horror stuff. Like, and I love comic books. I was a comic book kid too. Monster comic books, you know, like superheroes, you know, like, I mean, I, I grew up in Queens. I mean, I was like, I was like, oh, Peter Parker lives in Queens, you know, like, <laughs> but I was, I was very far from Peter Parker and being a superhero, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I was very introverted. It was funny because I, I was kind of actually introverted, you know, growing up and, uh, 
years later, once I got into tattooing, you, you had to be, you had to almost be Barnum, PG Barnum, you know, you couldn't be introverted, you know, you couldn't be that, that guy sitting in the corner being all quiet and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, Cause you had to be a salesman also, you know, you're selling your talents, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, it was funny because I was actually very kind of kept to myself, like growing up for the most part. And uh, once I got into tattooing, yeah, it was a complete polar opposite, man. Like all of a sudden, boom, showman, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and how old were you when you uh, started like tattooing? Uh, I kind of got forced into it when I was 13 by an older cousin of mine, you know? And he was doing it and uh, he, he was always into it always into something, you know, one, one week it was cars, you know, restoring old hot rods. The next week it was, you know, something, whatever, something else. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I had heard, you know, he got into tattooing and he was an older cousin, like basically you only saw him at like weddings and funerals, you know? And, you know, at one point he's like, he's like, calls me up and he's like, you still draw, right? And I'm like, yeah, every day, you know? And he's like, man, I got the gig for you, you know? And I was like, what? And he's, you know, and this is 1981, 82, you know? And uh, he's like, tattooing. And I'm like, what? You know, and I was like, oh, I don't know about that, man. Ne- you know, like needles of blood, ooh, you know? I just, you know, being a kid, I just cringed. And uh, next thing I know, I, I get out to his little makeshift shop and watched him, watched him a bunch of times. And then, you know, one day it was it literally just me and him hanging out. And I was just watching him, you know, it, it was almost like being in the Star Wars alien bar, you know, the, the, <laughs> character, the characters were, that were coming in, you know, because at that point, you know, it was just, you know, not to categorize people, but, you know, lack of a better terminology, it was bikers, criminals, junkies and prostitutes, you know, and, you know, it was it was a subculture. It was a counterculture. It was, you know, it was back alley. It was underground, you know, and uh, it was outlawed at that point. And, uh, you know, I watched him a handful of times. And then one day I came in and like I said, it was just me and him. And uh, he was working on a biker dude. And there was this 300 pound Sasquatch sitting there, you know, arms folded, you know, just staring right through my soul. And uh, I saw another pair of machines set up. So I got on my cousin. I was like, hey, what's the deal? Yeah. You know, you hire somebody. He goes, no. See Big Al here? I'm like, yeah, how could you fucking miss him? You know? He goes, well, he wants this crazy skull on his fucking leg and you're going to do it. And if you don't, I'm going to let Al take you out back and beat the shit out of you, you know? <laughs> and I was like, and I was just looking at Al. He didn't say two words. Like I said, he was just staring through my soul. I was like, all right. And I picked up the machine. And uh, man, oh, so well, let me backtrack a little bit. So a lot of a lot of guys, not to sound disgusting, uh, like I said, this was you know back alley at this point or underground, so to speak, and and uh, a lot of people weren't wearing gloves. You know, my cousin was, you know, but there was no tattoo supply companies at that point. You know, this is way before any of that. You know, and uh, pardon me, I don't mean to rant on and no, no, make, make this longer make this longer <laughs> than it is, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, so I was like, hang on a second. And I was, my mom was a, a x-ray tech and she had all these books. My uncle was a doctor who uh, was one of the original doctors that, you know, started uh, Doctors Without Borders. So I used to, you know, read these, take their infectious disease books. And this is before AIDS. And I would read them from cover to cover and scare the shit out of myself, you know? <laughs> so I was like, hang on a second. And I run out the front door and I go down a block, like three blocks away. And there's a hardware store. And I was like, I need gloves. And they're like, what? You know, I'm, like I said, there was no tattoo supply company at that point. And all you had was these big yellow dishwashing gloves and it went up to your elbow, you know? <laughs> so, you know, fuzzy headed little asshole, you know, I come running back, I throw these gloves on, got these gloves up to my elbow, looking like a freaking idiot. I got this big Sasquatch sitting in front of me and I put the stencil on him and, you know, he's getting it on his calf and I'm just hunkered down like, and he's just staring, you know, he's just, his shadow's just looming over me like an eclipse. And uh, I start buzzing along and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, I was like, and 
thank God, my, my only saving grace in that instance was I took to it swiftly, you know, to doing it. It wasn't the greatest tattoo. I still, I'm sure I have a picture of it somewhere, you know, and the outline was all right. It was a little bit wonky, but like the shading sucked, you know, but I got it done. And then right at the end, I was going to finish up and I was shading it out and I stick myself in the finger with the needle. Damn. Right. So I'm like, oh shit. And I just stopped dead in my tracks. And I look at this yellow fucking glove, bright yellow, big bird fucking thing, you know? And this big bubble of blood comes bursting out. Like just, and I'm like, I, lo I lose my shit. I lose my shit. I was like, that's it. I jump up, I throw the machine down. I knock over the chair. Sasquatch is still sitting there, arms folded, just staring through my soul, right? My cousin's working. He's like, what the fuck? And I was like, holy shit, we got to go get a blood test. I was like, I start rambling off like an idiot. I was like, you, holy, do you do heroin? Do you fuck hookers? You've been in jail. You get fucked in the ass. Like, holy shit. Like, I'm going to die on my first fucking tattoo. I'm just losing my shit, man. Like, what the fuck do you have? He's just staring through my soul. Like I said. Not even budging. All of a sudden, boom. I get cold cocked. Not by him. By my cousin. So I get laid the fuck out. You know? I wake up. Come to. A couple seconds later. I fucking look around. I'm laying on the fucking ground. Spread fucking eagle. I'm like, what the fuck just hit me? My cousin's standing over me. He goes, hey. Shut your look, fucking little pussy ass mouth pick up that fucking machine and finish up that fucking tattoo. You know, that was my apprenticeship. <laughs> <laughs> and I just hit 40 years. <laughs> wow. Four decades, yeah. four decades later, you know, go figure, man. And I yeah. never, I never thought I would last, you know, more than five years. You know? And can you talk about how you got your nickname or how your, how your tattoo name? Joey Nobody. So, you know, yeah, it definitely fits coming from New York, you know, but, it wasn't mafia, you know. Uh, anyway, but uh, a lot of a lot of you know individuals in the business they have nicknames. You know, it's 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 you know I guess it's like the mob. You know, um, there's Sally Jerry, Tattoo Tom, this one, that one, blah blah blah. Anyway, long story short, I got I got I took to it swiftly, like I said. Again, not bragging, and I I got known for traveling around or, or tattooing other tattoo artists, which. At that point in time, it was a big deal. Again, I was a kid, you know? There was a lot, a lot of other people more, way more established than I was, you know? But, you know, I, I started bringing, I guess, my own sense of style, you know, because at that point, a lot of the work that was, was being done was, you know, strictly designs off the wall, you know? And, you know, me coming in, you know, that was, that was, a, that was a hard, hard thing, you know? being able to draw and then learning how to tattoo, that wasn't a common thing at that point in time, you know? And again, not to my horn, like, you know, I definitely feel that I hope I played a part in helping the, the craft of it evolve and get away from the wall, so to speak. And, you know, bringing individuals, you know, ideas to reality. Anyway, to get back to the name. So uh, this artist from, uh, from California had flown out I won't, I won't say his name. I don't even know if he's still fucking around, you know, but it was, uh, his nickname was in reference to a large goat-like creature. <laughs> it was stupid, you know, anyway, long story short, I was on a big Japanese kick. And like I said, I was very highly comic book influenced and I was doing these crazy full color, like samurais and, and ninjas and stuff like that and Japanese work, but I, with this comic book tone to it. And he, he wanted to do this big samurai, like half his arm at full color. And literally the outline, it was so detailed. The outline alone probably would have taken like six hours by itself, you know? And this was going to be a couple day event. And, you know, at that point in time, it was probably damn close to a $2,000 tattoo. Probably these days, it'd probably be a $10,000 tattoo at this point. It would wow. Anyway, I was just going to charge him like 600 bucks, you know? Cause I just wanted to do it and you know, cool. It's, you know, another artist, you know, it was kind of like, Oh yeah, this is cool, man. Like I got this dude flew out for my fucking dumbass, you know? Anyway, long story short, you know, literally like five minutes after he got off the fucking plane and showed up to shop, 
you know? He's like, 600 bucks? Who the fuck are you to charge me fucking $600? You're a fucking nobody, you know? Anyway, long story short, I didn't take too kindly to that. He got escorted to curb phrase first, never got fucking tattooed, went back in the shop. This is out in front of the shop. He didn't even make it in the shop, you know? Uh, went back in the, in, into the shop and, you know, I sat down. I was like, man, I'm fucking nervous, that guy. And my cousin and the rest of the crew was like, you know what? That fucking dude's right. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, You're, you are a nobody. You're always going to be a nobody, you know? And I took that, you know, and I was just like, God damn, man, you fucking guys, you know? So anyway, I, you know, I always had this little sarcastic bone about me. And I was like, you know, I like to turn things around. I'll utilize something. I'll, I'll turn it around. I'll throw it in their fucking face, man. So at that point in time, I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, Joey, 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 someone, Joey, somebody. I'm, like, yeah, I'm going to be a fucking nobody because I was looking at the gig and everybody had egos and attitudes and thought they were this and thought they were that. And I was like, you know what? Everybody thinks they're somebody. I'm going to be a fucking nobody. Four months later was one of the biggest tattoo conventions shows whatever you want to call it at that point in time and there was only a handful at that period of time now there's like 30 a fucking week you know but this show was one one show that happened every year i believe it still happens i don't know and it was up in maine figures february in maine fucking yeah, brutal five feet of snow fucking minus 30 below couldn't pick puerto rico or something you know anyway long story short one of the biggest shows of the year that would either make you or break you. All right. And I worked on a buddy of mine. I did his whole torso, like horror comic book, like broke his whole torso into like these almost like tales from the crypt kind of panels, you know, different creatures. Look, each, each panel told the story and it was fucking great. And it was all black and gray and stuff like that. Anyway, long story short, and again, not bragging. It was just a cool, it's just a cool story at this point. Three-day event, took every award, every fucking trophy, every ribbon, every plaque, every fucking kudos, every fucking whatever the hell you want to call it, you know? And and uh, the third day, the award ceremony, I'm walking off the stage with arm full of shit, you know? And the crew I worked with was there, and old boy there called me and nobody was there. And I, I walked up to him. It was, it was just one of those classic movie moments, so to speak, that will never happen again. And uh, I was like, thanks, thanks for the baptism. And walked off and just pursued my career and that's it i just did my gig man you know but it was it was just one of those great fucking moments you know <laughs> was that when you were still like uh 13 like uh, what year was that oh uh, i was <sighs> shoot i think i was maybe 18 at that point 18 19 at that point you know so yeah it was early. it was early you know and then uh, you also told me like you were uh, tattooing like bikers. I tattooed a, a nu numerous groups, you know. Yeah, uh, numerous people from numerous groups. And, uh, <laughs> it was it was it was interesting. It was very interesting, you know. Let's say, like I said, the business. I hate calling it a business. I hate calling it an industry, but it, it you know obviously it's it's turned into a billion dollar industry. Um, you know, it's definitely a craft. Um, but you know, at that point in time, it, it 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 was it was very harsh. It was very violent. There was only three hundred shops in the in the United States at that point. Now, I mean, shoot, I'm in Virginia Beach, man. There's forty shops here. There, I think there's two, three thousand in the fucking state. You know, I mean, it's it was very you know, not to romanticize the gig, but it was it was shrouded in mystery. You know, it, it, it definitely like it was a subculture. It was a counterculture. And, you know, we had our own rules, you know, so to speak. But, yeah, I, I tattooed a lot of different people from a lot of different factions. Uh, the one thing I tried to do was just stay alive <laughs> for the most part. You know, it, it was it was a treacherous time. And at that point, we did. You, I believe I, I mentioned this in another, you know, previous conversation. You know, you had to be a better fighter than a better artist at that point because we literally fought on a daily basis for probably about 12, 13 years straight, you know? And most weeks we actually fought with more people than we fucking tattooed, you know? 
I mean, you see this mug, dude. It's not pretty in in real life. I mean, I show you my fucking hands. They're gnarled as shit, dude. You know, I've broken everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is not pretty, man. You know, and then going from that kind of that group to, you know, special warfare groups. You know, same shit, different cast of characters. It's all the same shit. You know, just one sanctioned. <laughs> <laughs> And when did you move from uh, New York to like Virginia Beach? Well, I was traveling for years. I mean, I traveled for almost 20 years straight. And, you know, Virginia Beach was definitely on the stop for, for quite some time. Um, you know, a pit, a re- kind of a regular pit stop. And then I think I moved down here. It's got to be like 25 years now. You know, I've been down here. So I've been in flip-flops for 25 years. <laughs> And when, uh, you said you were traveling. Was like that with when you were like tattooing the uh, like the rock bands? Tra- yeah, I was tattooing rock bands. I mean, I, and again, I am not bragging by any means. I, I I've led two different lives, so I had the civilian side of things because even back in New York, I would occasionally tattoo some I don't know what you want to call them spooky shady individual, you know or a handful of spooky shady individuals, or I would be in a town or a city or a country or a state somewhere. And all of a sudden they would come across my path, you know, but at that point in time, I wasn't really paying attention to it too much, you know, except like, Oh man, these guys are, you know, they're kind of scary, you know, it's like the bikers, but you know, in a whole different arena, but man, you know, I was young. I was like, all I gave a shit about was, you know, smoking cigarettes, you know, women and fucking, you know, scoring whiskey, you know, at that point, you know? But yeah, I was concentrating more on the MTV stuff, you know, and, and tattoo and rock bands and, and, you know, what have you. But, uh, you know, then I would delve over in this arena and, you know, tattoo these guys. But at that point, they weren't getting, you know, full sleeves and back pieces. You know, the rock stars were, you know, more civilians were, you know, um, you know, the, the warfare guys were getting, you know, peace here, a piece here. And we go, you know, get a slap face. We turn into a fight club and, you know, go to a, a titty bar and fucking drink whiskey, you know, <laughs> if I could say that, you know, <laughs> sorry, I'm not the most PC individual here. No, no worries. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, it was, it was interesting and you know, it was definitely interesting. And then, you know, once once I started seeing, you know, I was doing a lot more of those individuals, you know, because the, the, a lot of the factions were getting shut down, you know, and that that tide was changing too, you know, as well as the tattoo business was changing, you know, once the, the factions started dwindling down their presence, you know, and other dregs of life, so to speak, you know, and, you know, I, you know, again, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, the tides were changing and all of a sudden I wasn't getting mom coming in bitching that I tattooed her kid, you know, because the kid passed fake ID and, you know, used her, his brother's older, you know, his older brother's fake ID and, you know, got tattooed and, you know, got past the radar. So I wasn't getting mom coming in bitching so much. Now I was getting mom coming in you know like i i have this old line like if you told me in 1986 in 1996 i'd be tattooing somebody grandma i'd bitch slap you and throw you out on your ass you know but guess what in 1996 i was tattooing somebody's fucking grandma i actually tattooed this great grandma you know and she came in with her daughter her granddaughter and her great granddaughter you know and I joked with her it was actually one of the last tattoos i remember i did in new york like before i moved here and she got this little mermaid on her arm. God, and she was a pistol. Her fucking, arm, you know, skin was like rice paper. So you had to be so ginger, you know, with it. But she was a corker, you know? And I was just joking with her. And, you know, like I said, she had a daughter, a granddaughter, a great-granddaughter standing there. And I was like, oh my God, this, this woman, this is fucking, this is like, this is amazing moment here, you know? Like, you know, I just went from like tattooing, you know, fucking, you know, Sasquatch over here who had a fucking machete strapped to his leg, you know? <laughs> You know, telling me how he murdered his wife to now I got this, you know, pistol packing 
grandma, you know, great grandma, you know, and she's getting a fucking tattoo. I was like, it was, it was truly trippy, man. You know? And I, I remember joking with her. I said, what is this? Like the last thing you haven't done, sweetheart. And she turned around and she's like, honey, been around the world five times. I've slept with any man I wanted to sleep with. I smoked it. I drank it. I've ate it. I've been to the bottom of the ocean. I've been to the top of the mountain. This is the last thing I haven't fucking done yet. And I was like, I'll never forget it. I can't, I can't you know, too many hits in the head. I can't remember her name, but uh, I'll never forget that moment. And uh, I, I, I do recall she passed away like three or four months later, you know? Wow. But you know, she fucking lived, you know, like, you know, and yeah. you know what people look at, you know, still at that time, people were still looking down upon tattoos, even though it was changing, you know? It, it had come so far that I have a great grandmother in the chair, you know? But it still hadn't crossed that line yet, you know? And it still, it wasn't until, you know, probably like the early 2000s when it, it, it really, the, t- the tides changed, you know? And we started getting women getting, you know, back pieces and sleeves, you know? I remember when we first got tattooing legalized, you know, here in, in Virginia Beach, I think it was the second year in, you know, I did the first legal tattoo, September 1st, 2001, 10 days later, 9-11 happened, but I, I believe it was like 2002. I remember this couple came in and the husband wanted a little tattoo on his bikini line, you know, and the, and the wife wanted a half sleeve. And I was like, standing there like perplexed. I was like, shouldn't that be like, yeah, how it? like what's going on here? But you know what? More power to you. Like, I mean, I actually had more women outgunning the guys there for a while. You know, which I think it's fucking awesome. You know, totally. It's very, very empowering, man. You know, it's a powerful see see a, a, a badass looking chick with you know fucking badass work on her, man. You know, that's just strength right there. You know, hell yeah. And uh, before we go into like how you started like war paint, mm-hmm. I want to just cover a little bit of uh, American uh, military tattoo history. So mm-hmm. for uh, Coffee or Die, the magazine I write for, yeah. I did an article about um, basically it was a civil war. Uh, he was a lieutenant colonel from the 65th Ohio Volunteer Infantry. Uh-huh. And he wrote a historical fiction book. But I'm just going to read like what he wrote because it's pretty interesting. It said, um, I quote, every regiment had its tattooers with outfits of needles in India ink who for a consideration decorated the limbs and bodies of their comrades with flags, muskets, cannons, sabers, and infinite in an infinite variety of patriotic symbols and warlike and grotesque devices. Thousands of soldiers had name, regiment, and residence pricked into their arms or legs. It was like writing one one's own epitaph, but the custom prevented many bodies from being buried in unknown graves. And I just thought that was pretty like damn like that's from the civil war so then now like fast forward to after 9 11 you start uh war paint can you kind of talk about your journey with that it's it's pretty like i said it's pretty it's pretty poignant man uh i can't tell you how many me tags on young marines i've i've done you know name rank zero number blood type you know religion sometimes you know etc you know dnrs also you know and man, you know, it puts things in perspective, especially, you know, when I had 20 odd years on half these kids coming, sitting in the chair, you know, and, you know, then to, to, like I said, you know, when I was started tattooing like all these warfare guys and I started turning that a tide on things, you know, and I saw possibly I was, I don't know, becoming a part of, of something a little bit, a lot bigger, actually a lot bigger than myself, you know, and, and playing some kind of role, you know, whether it was, you know, friend, brother, therapist, you know, uh, confidant, I, absolutely. I mean, the, the countless, countless times where, you know, I've had a wife come in yelling at me, you know, because I knew the husband better than she did. You know, and it's nothing, you know, against their relationship. It's, it's nothing against, you know, who, whomever, you know, it was just, you know, they, you had to look at it this way. They, they wanted to protect their family, you know, when they were with their family, they want to just be with the family. They didn't want to talk about work. They don't want to bring, you know, the evilness that they saw, you know, or 
the, the, the violence that they had to do. They didn't want to bring that home, you know? So they, uh, I always tried to give them a safe, safe haven, you know, and I, and I saw that early on, you know, and I kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Intentionally, I don't know if it was intentionally at first or unintentionally, it just evolved into that, you know, making, making sure. And that, that was always a problem wherever I worked as well. You know, it always became a problem, you know, because the, a lot of individuals that owned the shops or, or I worked with, they, they tended to, to get pissed off at that, you know, um, for whatever reason, you know, and uh, I, I never understood that, you know, from, I guess from a business aspect, they, they, they were like, this is not therapy, you know, and like, this is, this is a fucking business, you know, so whatever is what it is, you know, like I said, I, I felt like I was doing something that went way past the tattoo, way past the machine, you know, you know, so like I said, being some kind of confidant, confidant or ally or something, and, you know, it's pretty damn cool. You know, guys were going downrange, fucking painted up, you know, and a lot of the times, you know, you hear the stories or you, you, know, you see stuff and, um, you know, that's the last thing they saw, <laughs> you know, it's like some fucking inked up fucking badass standing over them. You know? <laughs> Be like, wow, you made a bad choice in life. Pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty wild. But yeah, you know, getting back to what you read. Yeah. There was, I buried a lot of friends over the years. More than, more than any person that probably should have, you know, because, you know, the tattooing is an intimate situation. It is a personal situation. You know, you're marking another human being for the rest of their fucking lives. You know, whether they remember you or not, you know, definitely took it to a different realm with war paint and who I was dealing with, you know, from around the world. You know, I wasn't just here, you know, and I still deal with them around the world, you know. Uh, I can go to, you know, seven different continents and four different countries yeah, and, uh, you know, 49 states rather, you know, and, you know, shoot out a text message and have a place to stay and a place to work. That's pretty fucking cool. You know, <laughs> for sure. You know, it's pretty, pretty fucking neat, you know, and, and, you know, my, my sons as well, they know, like, you know, also, you know, they can't get away with anything because I can throw out a text message in Indonesia and find out what the fuck they're doing if they're over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. You know, you build up networks over the years, you know, it's pretty, pretty interesting, you know, but uh, again, you know, doing that kind of stuff, you know, you're, you're marking, uh, these are their moments in time, you know, in, in military history, you know, whether it's theirs or, you know, overall it's ours, you know, but uh, and especially in the past 20 years, it's been real poignant, you know, um, but like, I, I, I like to think, you know, I definitely played a part in, in marking that indelibly, you know, you know, whether it's a meat tag or a fucking platoon symbol or, you know, a sleeve of the crusades or, you know, what have you, you know? And, uh, so you say like you, uh, were tattooing like, uh, special warfare guys, um, yeah. Were some of these guys like Navy SEALs and like different uh, units? I was, I, yeah, I, I was dealing with Navy SEALs before, you know, anybody knew what a Navy SEAL was. <laughs> you know? Everybody knew what a Green Beret was because they all saw First Blood, you know, back in the day. You know, everybody was like, oh, Green Beret, fucking John Rambo, you know? You know, nobody knew what a fucking Navy SEAL was until the Charlie Sheen movie. And then, you know, it kind of got pushed off to the fucking side. But I was dealing with like Red Cell guys, you know? Back when I don't even know if I can mention that, but I guess, so, you know, whatever, you know, it's not like it's nothing, I, I, se nothing secret, nothing sacred at this point, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, everything's fucking common knowledge, man. You know? Um, but uh, yeah, I was dealing with red cell guys, you know, when I was, when I was younger and uh, you know, like I said, you know, individuals would come across my path, you know, here or there, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, once you hooked up one guy, you know, uh, you know, or took care of one guy or looked after one guy, you know, what, word spread. And they're like, ah, oh, this kid's good. You know, this kid's all right, man. You know, like, hey, let's invite him down here or, you know, hey, meet us over here, you know, and 
next thing you know, you got a whole hotel room full of dudes and you're fucking aching up, you know? <laughs> it was pretty neat. It's pretty neat, you know? And, uh, it, it, it definitely, definitely uh, solidified a lot more, you, you know, even like right before I moved here, you know? But then once I was here, forget about it, you know? It definitely it was cemented in, you know? Yeah, and just going back, just for like the listener, uh, like Red Cell, and this was explained to me by uh, a uh, a plank owner of one of the uh, Dev Crew Squadrons. Uh, uh, I'm not, I don't, we, you know who he is. Uh, I'm not gonna mention his name yeah, though. No um, but basically, he said um, that Red Cell was like uh, these small teams of whether whether they were seals or just uh, like special mission unit guys, and they would go and test high security bases, and that was just basically their role. I don't yeah. know how much I want to expand on it, but <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I would leave it at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was interesting, <laughs> you know. I see I see some of those guys occasionally, very rarely though, very rarely, you know. It's wild. And- and uh, so would you say you're like the official or maybe unofficial tattooer for those? Maybe for special warfare? Definitely. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I won't lay claim to a lot of stuff, but, you know, uh, there, there was a, there was a, this kind of like, it's not really covert. I, well, I get it's amongst the ranks, so to speak. And it's like kind of like their little official handbook. You know, and it was just, it, it, it was great. I wish, God, I wish, I mean, actually Chips is doing it. You know, Tommy's dad, you know, he, he gives us life, life lessons. But, you know, all these uh, team guys over the years, it was, it was called, I think it, it's, it's called this, the, the SEAL Handbook Guide to Perfection, you know. And it's just, you know, a stack of Xerox copies. And, you know, it's just a bunch of one-liners, you know, uh, ideas, you know, great advice, you know, in, in different situational stuff, you know, whether it's a bar fight, your girlfriend, what have you, you know? And uh, I think I came in, at, I think I was number 31. Uh, and it was like the day you become a full-fledged team guy slash frogman is the day you can get a sleeve and it would be done, done by none other than Joey Nobody. And I was like, and I, I never realized this. And somebody showed it to me actually like probably like several years ago which, which is surprising. I never, never saw it. I mean, plus I was very drunk for a number of years, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I never saw it. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, that's pretty cool, man. I was like, that's pretty badass. I was, I was honored, you know, I was definitely honored. And I had gotten a letter years ago from an admiral that I think my ex-wife threw out. And, uh, I had it framed in, in one of the shops I worked at years ago. And, and uh, it was early, it was early on, like probably mid two thousands. And, and it's, it had stated that, you know, Joey, nobody and war paint had become an integral part on, on the global war on terrorism. And I was like, Oh my God, this definitely, definitely. Yeah. I'm getting chicken skin right now. You know, like, you know, stuff like that. It, it's pretty cool, man. You know, it's, it, like I said, you know, you start realizing like you become or became part of something a lot bigger than yourself, you know? And I, and, and again, at times I did get persecuted for that, but it was a whole arena that a lot of people didn't understand, you know? And again, there was, there was very, there was a lot of, and not that I, I, you know, I'm a fucking expert on it. I mean, I'm an, I always call myself an outsider with an insider perspective on it, you know, so to speak, you know, I got, I got given the, one of the greatest chairs on the sidelines, so to speak, you know, and I got to see behind the curtain, you know, and it was, it was inc- incredible with incredible people, you know, involved in, in it, you know, men and women, you know, I mean, you know, some of the sports staff is just, just as equally as incredible, you know, I mean, they couldn't do it without that, you know, and I, I got to tattoo them too, you know, which is, which is fucking awesome, man. I almost became like a qual at some point, you know, <laughs> I was like, last time I checked, man, I'm just Joey, dude. Just doing my fucking gig, dude. You know? But it was like, oh, you're Joey nobody. I was like, no, I'm just fucking Joey, man. You know? <laughs> like everybody just put put this, I don't know, my dumb ass on a pedestal or something like that. You know? Like I said, I was just Joey doing my fucking shit, you know? <laughs> but it was, you know, it, it was definitely cool. It was definitely cool. Like, you know, I became a, a you know, not to divulge a lot, you know, but, you know, my gig definitely went beyond the machine, 
you know, it went beyond the shop. It went beyond the tattoo that I laid down, you know, uh, you know, at some points in time, you know, uh, you know, not to divulge anything, I became a point of contact, you know, and sometimes there was, there was, I was the only form of communication, you know, and I would relay stuff to, you know, different areas and, and stuff like that. And, you know, like I said, you know, not to divulge anything, but you know, that it's pretty heavy, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, if you told me back when I was 15, I, you know what, you're going to be involved with these people, you know, and you know, basically they're saving the fucking world and you know, you're going to play this, this little role here, you know, I'm like, I would have, again, like, you know, it's like tattooing grandmas. I would have fucking laughed at out of the shop. Man. It's like, man, you know, I want to go backstage at MTV and see Molly Crew, man. <laughs> but yeah. it, it, it was neat. It was neat how, how things, you know, progressed, transgressed, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know? And uh, there's like another, there's like a famous, um, like tattoo i don't know when it became a tradition for seals but the bone frog tattoo uh, can you talk frog. about like the history of that bone frog like a lot of people used to, there used to be stories going around oh joey nobody created the bone frog no i didn't it was a west coast guy and hate strike me down i can't remember his fucking name you know but it was years ago you know it became the quote-unquote official unofficial you know symbol of a team guy and uh i mean shoot uh, to to date at this point, I think I'm over, you know, close to 3000 bone frogs under my belt, you know? Damn. I mean, I could do them, those damn things in my sleep, man. I was like, I would literally, and I wouldn't like in, in back in the, in, in, in the beginning, I, I used to make stencils for them. And then I just got to a point, I just take a Sharpie and just draw a fucking stick figure of like how I want the hands and the legs, you know, spread out or something like that. You know? And then, you know, there's, there's a couple individuals that, you know, it's always a competition with, with those, uh, those guys and, you know, who, who got the biggest bone frog. And, and there's two out there that, you know, literally take up, you know, are probably the size of the individual themselves, <laughs> you know, like on half their bodies, <laughs> which is insane, you know, but yeah, uh, I remember, I, I think I was at the, the count of uh, like 1500 and something, you know, at, at one point and some young buck from the, some new blood from one of the teams he came in and he was just sitting there with one of his friends who I was working on. And he was like, so how many bone frogs have you done? And I was at that point, like I said, I was like, like 14, 1500 or whatever the fuck it was. And he's like, that's it. I was like, that's it. I was like, motherfucker, there's only like fucking 2,500 of you at this point right now, man. I was like, that's pretty damn good fucking dent. <laughs> you know? I was like, you just shot down half my fucking career. here." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. Like, I think a week later, he, he made an appointment to get a bone frog. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Shit. Yeah. And um, before we jump into, like, the other stuff you've done mm -hmm. uh, beyond, like, tattooing, yeah. do you think there's been, like, did you, like, you talk about, like, the evolution of, uh, like, tattooing? Maybe, like, um, like, when you first started out and then, like, what kind of, like... like oh, the sticks and stones I used to use? <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> i mean like i said back back then uh you know back when we first started i mean you know it was, it was still very it wasn't you know sticks and stones but i mean uh it was still very primitive um you made everything you know you literally made everything you know you made your machines machines were made of you know we used to use magnetic coils and, and fucking mechanism from school bells wow door clackers you know like yeah and our power sources you know if we were lucky enough to try to you know get something from radio shack to freaking rig together but you know a lot of times like we would get you know we would get a lot of cables and stuff like that and toy with it uh, from radio shack and and we would use uh car batteries as power sources and try to hook up some kind of regulator you know and we have these you know a whole bunch of us would have these big car batteries underneath the fucking cabinets <laughs> you know <laughs> and you know it's up travel around with that shit too <laughs> you know lugging that crap around man you know um and you know it, it's so funny how, how everything progressed too you know because like now you know now i, I, I travel you know 
if I, if I travel, like, you know, I travel, I pack so fucking light, you know, and everything's smaller, more compact and, you know, a lot more, a lot more futuristic, so to speak, than, than years ago last, you know, back then, literally I would have a trunk the size of my couch, you know, and I would literally take anything and everything and I'm like, Oh God, did I pack this? You know, freak, freak the fuck out. But uh, yeah, I mean, we literally, you know, again, at that point in time, there was no tattoo supply companies. You would make everything, you know, you made needles from bug pins and entomology pins, you know, soldered, excuse me, on, uh, you know, uh, these uh, needle bars, uh, pigment. We would get pigment from, any, you know, I hate to say it, we would get pigment from anywhere, you know, like fabric dyers, you know, like we would go to some fucking, you know, dumbass company in fucking Brooklyn or something like that and go in the back door and pay one of the workers like, you know, a stupid amount of money for a bag of fucking pigment. We didn't know what the fuck was in it. You know, <laughs> you know, and there was a, there was the Moscowood brothers. They were out of the fucking Bowery and they were old school tattooers and they were they were one of the first. They would actually sell you needles and they would sell you bags of fucking powder pigment, you know, and we would get these jewelry tumblers tumblers and we didn't have like you know and, and back then we only had four colors five colors at that point you know but uh and we were, we were experimenting trying to fucking mix shit and stuff like that like i said it was very you know we, it, it was evolving at that point in time man you know um it, it was haphazard it was a folk art it was craft you know it, you had to be resourceful i mean you know like a lot of the products now like if the people who invented them back then knew that we were using them. They were fucking probably lose their shit, you know, <laughs> you know, but uh, now, now I think they have, you know, a lot of these companies have divisions for tattoo products now, you know, which is wild how, how things, you know, changed over the years. But I mean, we would have all these jewelry tumblers in the back room, just churning all fucking day long powdered pigment, you know? And then we, we'd be like, you know, all of a sudden like some wall street guy, literally, was selling black ink that he got from fucking Holland, you know? But it was like a drug deal. And it, literally, the guy was from on Wall Street, you know, $4,000 fucking suits, big wig on Wall Street. If he stripped down, like, he had a full bodysuit at that point, like, ooh, whoa, man, you know, like, only, only us, you know, only we were covered at that point, you know, not a Wall Street dude, you know? But it was like a drug deal. You had to, like, call a dude who had to call another dude who would call that dude and then he would make arrangements with you to meet somewhere. And then you would be like, how many bottles of ink you want? You know, and he would get it from fucking Denmark or Holland or whatever, you know, but it was this amazing black ink. And, you know, I still use it to this day, you know, <laughs> but it was at that, you know, now I could just, you know, call up a tattoo supply company, you know, <laughs> you know, buy it for 40 bucks back then, you know, it was like a hundred dollars for, you know, like one bottle, you know, if we would go to a pharmacy and try to order stuff and be like, oh shit, you know, maybe we should use, you know, some type of antiseptic soap, you know? So we would get like this hospital soap, you know, that they were using, you know, at the hospitals and stuff like that. But, you know, the pharmacist, you know, he saw Ross coming in, these fucking tattooed fucking bikers, drags of fucking life walking in. He'd be like, yeah, that's cool. You know, 200 bucks for a fucking gallon, you know? It's like, seriously, <laughs> you know? Now I get the shit at fucking Amazon for 20, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it was definitely wild and, and you know, I think it was like uh, mid to late nineties, probably uh, mid, yeah, probably mid nineties or early nineties. Yeah. Mid nineties when, when the tides were changing that some of the medical companies started coming around and like offering us stuff, you know, but that was bad, you know, because they were actually offering anything that was in the fucking catalog. <laughs> you know, some, some of the guys were buying like ampules of fucking morphine and shit. <laughs> I'm like, dude, dude, you can't do that, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. <laughs> That's wild. Oh yeah, truly, truly. Like I said, nowadays, man, you can buy it. You can go on freaking Amazon and buy whatever the hell you want. <laughs> it used to be, it used to be an old joke. I used to tell dudes coming in who, and we used to lump them up. Like if you came into the shop and asked how to, how to learn how to tattoo or where to buy supplies, or if, if they, you know, they may going to buy some fucking ink off of you we would fucking lump you up and throw you out of the shop, you know, like literally, you know, then I just got, I, I got to a point where I started fucking joking with people and be like, Oh yeah, I get it. It's Sears. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, you go in the tool section, go in the fucking back. All right. But by the back door, like where they keep all the fucking, you know, stock. I said, you got to wait until somebody comes out. They keep it in the back. They don't put it on display, you know? 
right? And I was like, and then you got to ask the dude, like, hey, I want some tattoo stuff, you know? And man, I would only get like one, one out of eight guys that would come back to the shop just to call me an asshole. <laughs> you like, you fucking dick, you know? Like, I went to Sears, you fucking asshole, you know? <laughs> you know? And then one of my buddies from New York, it was like years later, uh, I think it was like 2015 or so. And he's like, dude, remember that joke you said? I was like, what about what? He's about Sears. So he's like, dude, punch in, go on Sears.com and punch in tattoo supplies. So anyway, I guess there was a breach in the firewall at that time. And you could link your site to Sears.com and somebody had linked to tattoo supply company. I was like, son of a bitch, there goes my joke. <laughs> it was awesome. That's great. Yeah. And, and um, now like transitioning uh can you talk about like some of your work as like working with comics and like graphic design and sure. the hollywood and stuff like that oh geez hollywood hollywood joe here hollywood nobody <laughs> no, not really um you know like i said I, was, I grew up you know big monster kid big movie kid you know big comic book kid you know they were, they were always influenced on me and uh i had done comic books you know throughout my my life um, you know, some other underground I worked on, you know, got to work on some, some books, you know, uh, for friends of mine along the years, like inking pages and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, I never, never pursued it fully, you know, and I, I, I you know, the only thing that got me through school, I, I failed miserably at school, including art. I failed art my whole fucking life, you know, from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade, failed art, you know, could always, you know, always draw better than a teacher, not bragging, you know, but never drew what the teacher wanted me to do because I always felt early on, you can't teach somebody how to express themselves, you know? So they were like, Hey, Joey, that's cool. But it's not what I fucking told you. So I got to fail you. I'm like, cool. You know, I just, at least I did what I wanted to do, you know? So that's the way I looked at it, you know, but uh, you know, and, and te technically you probably rip, rip the shit out, out of my stuff, you know, but I think visually it kind of works, you know? doing something right so to speak i guess you know but anyway uh yeah comics was always a, a big influence on me and you know i was always i was also very very good at writing and that that was one of the things that kind of helped me uh get through through school you know it was creative writing and i was always coming up with these you know fantasy worlds I, you know especially growing up in new york there was a lot of escapism you know you know, you, you didn't want to be, you know, two feet from your neighbor's toilet, <laughs> you know? So you locked yourself away and created these fucking little imaginary worlds and, and characters and stuff like that. So, you know, I always, you know, always kept tons of notebooks and, and wrote stories and, you know, did comic books, uh, you know, here and there and stuff like that. And, you know, I hope to uh, get a little bit more into it, you know? Um, but then, you know, over the years, you know, uh, you know, been able have come across people, like I said, from all walks of life and, and yeah, have become friend, you know, great friends with some really great actors and stuff like that and producers and directors, and people, you know, in, in the production industry there. And, and, you know, now it's cool, you know, because they turn around and they're like, Hey man, like, you want to design this? I'm like, that's awesome. Just had a buddy of mine, you know, great friend of mine. And he sent me a script last week and I was, I was honored. He was like, Hey, I just want to get your thoughts. And, 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 you know, read it. And, um, I read it like in an hour and I'm a horrible reader and I wound up drawing a cover for, for it, you know, and, uh, like a movie poster, you know, and I, I sent him a text the next day and I was like, yeah, I kind of, kind of like it. And then he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's all right. And then like five minutes later, I let him stew and I sent the, sent the poster and he's like, holy shit, man. So I was like, dude, I was like, and it's a, and it's a horror, th horror thriller, you know? And, uh, I was like, man, I said, you know, just let me know if you need anything. And literally the past week I'm working on creature designs and, and uh, concept conceptuals for you know sets and locations and actually characters and stuff like that. And it's fun, man. And it's the same thing as a comic book, you know, like it's, it's sequential storytelling, you know, you're taking, you know, like a page of a page of words is equal to a page of art, you know, but you're breaking things down the same in a comic book, like scene, scene for scene, you know? And uh, it's pretty neat. And, you know, I just, I've always been heavily, com you know, comic book influenced. So a lot of my stuff is it gears towards that, you know, I still, I like doing the realistic stuff, you know, that's, that's the only thing like, you know, same thing in tattooing. Like, I, man, I've done it all, you know, 
realism and I love doing it, but it is the only thing. Don't talk to me. I put on my blinders. That's it. You know, like once we get to a point, then, then you, then I'll start talking, you know, but it's, it's, I love that thrill of it. You know, it's the only thing that still challenges me, you know, and especially in a tattoo, the realism, like you, you have to be on point. There ain't no change in that shit. <laughs> you know, it's kind of permanent, you know, at least on my iPad, I can change it a little bit. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be doing a comic book cover review, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, at this point in time, you know, uh, uh, I started slowing down tattooing, you know, uh, a few years ago and um, not that I was over it. I'm still passionate about it, you know, but I, you know, I hit 40 years and, and a lot, there's a lot of repetition, you know, and I, I didn't give myself or allow myself or I didn't really have the time for, to pursue other things. And a lot of people only knew me for that machine in my hand, you know, they didn't realize, oh, hey, Joey can paint. He can, you know, he, he does, he can do a children's book. You know, he can illustrate. He can, he can actually sculpt a Halloween mask if he wants. You know, like, you know, like stuff like that. And, you know, uh, I, I'm not grateful to COVID, but, you know, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I, when I started tattooing, I started right before HIV and AIDS started. And that was a, that was a, sketchy time man you know because nobody knew anything about that you know everybody's still trying to figure it out and uh it was it was a very scary time you know attempting to tattoo during that period you know and then there's been a couple other you know MRSA you know all that stuff you know SARS has been around you know and now this you know I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall I'm like okay you know so I, I I shut down a little bit you know plus I had cancer five years ago so that was a big weighing factor, you know, and, and I'm still keeping an eye on, on, on that aspect of my life. And, uh, you know, so I didn't, I didn't, you know, I've been through, been through the rigors my whole life, you know, and I, I've gotten to this point and survived many fiasco that I probably shouldn't have had. I'm, I'm on my ninth and a half life right now. So, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to get, you know, let, some little COVID get me, you know, or at least, you know, make it, make a, a strong attempt for it not to get me. So, you know, whatever, you know, whether you think it's real or not, you know? So anyway, you know, I pulled myself out of the mix and, and like I said, I was slowed, slowing down tremendously at that point and concentrating on other avenues. And, um, and I was like, you know what, I'll sit at home and be a housewife with the dog and, you know, just draw, <laughs> you know, and, you know, knock on wood, man. It's, it's been, been very fruitful, you know, and fun, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's different arenas. Like I'm helping, you know, individuals and companies, whether they're military or civilian or, you know, what have you, you know, create their company, create their brand, you know, create their product line, you know, I'm doing my own stuff, you know, it's just fun. You know, it's, it's really, it's a lot of fun because it's not the same thing every day, you know? You yeah. Know? And you have like all you're doing all these like different things. Like you mentioned the uh, children's book. I saw one with uh, Spike's Canine Fund. You did yeah. Dewey the dog. Yeah, did we did uh we did three books like in the past year and a half, two years. So we did two children's book and a coloring book. Yeah, and, and you know we're planning on another one. You know, and I don't know if there's going to be another coloring book before the holidays. So pretty pretty neat, man. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And then I did a coloring book with a. Uh, Justin Melnick from the SEAL team show on CBS, which is, I think is moving to Paramount now, you know, we did a, a coloring book featuring him and his dog and that, that is benefiting another organization too, you know? So, you know, get to do, you know, a lot of stuff and it, it also, you know, it takes on a stronger meaning, but it also is, is, is generating some help also, you know, in, in different areas, you know, so that, it, it's cool, you know? not just drawing it's not just drawing a picture you know right it's actually doing some good you know so that's cool you know and one of the series that you do or at least uh that i see on instagram is with uh chips hardy and his ages and attitude can you talk about that oh it's phenomenal man so chips is is actor tom hardy's dad he's a very well-known novelist and screenwriter and philosopher and just all around all around great Great individual, man. He is a great person, dude. I could listen to that guy all day long. You know, 
it's, it's, he's, he's phenomenal. And I am so, I'm, I'm so grateful and blessed to have both of them and, and the rest of the crew there overseas in, in my life, you know, and, uh, and uh, just, just to do that, that, that again, you know, he, he was, you know, jotting some stuff down and sharing it, you know, with us. And I wound up just doing a doodle, you know, and uh, he's like, Oh my God. He's like, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? And it's, it, that's blossoming, you know, and hopefully like we've been, we've been talking about, you know, doing uh, some kind of coffee table book or, you know, some compilation there. I mean, there's a lot more comics that, you know, nobody's seen, you know, <laughs> you know? so he puts them out like, you know, dribs and drabs, like here and there, gives everybody a little tease, you know, and it's just great. And, you know, I mean, he's a little bit older than me, but we still, you know, we have some of the same philosophies there, you know, and share a lot of similar aspects in our lives and stuff like that, even though we're from two different continents and, you know, a lot different arenas, you know, but, uh, it's phenomenal, man. Like it, it's some of, it's some of the most fun stuff I, I've created in years, you know, like, you know, when it, when it comes down to, you know, comic books, like I'm a cartoonist dude, you know? <laughs> you know, so, and especially something like that, which, which when he's able to really tell something the way he does in, in, in either a single panel or three panels, you know, and, you know, I, yeah, I got, I got the wits enough about me to, actually convey his stuff you know and he likes it i was like that's even better you know so it works out nice you know? so I, I i hope i hope definitely it blossoms into a lot more you know we get to do some kind of you know coffee table book or what have you you know yeah that's awesome and uh so when i release this podcast it's probably going to be like i don't know i don't know when i'm going to release it but huh? t- tomorrow so today's venom. wednesday and tomorrow is venom so you can Tommy's talk about dead. that it's Tommy's day. Yeah, man. You know, Tommy is, is, has become one of my great friends uh, and allies, man. And again, blessed to have him in my life, man. And, you know, fortunate, we, we pretty much talk like every day on a daily basis and, uh, you know, done, a, done a, a hell of a lot with him, you know, creation wise, you know, and, you know, a lot of these collaborations, you know, over the years, like, you know, it was literally me working by myself you know, for so many years. And I didn't have these avenues to delve into and, and collaborate with, you know, and, and, uh, and there's other individuals too, you know, that are, I'm, I'm blessed, you know, that have come across, you know, and, and been able to be friends with and actually collaborate with. And, uh, you know, being an artist, I mean, you know, this is, the, it, you know, I'm 54, man. Like, you know, being an artist, that's the, it's actually a whole new realm to me, even though I've been doing art my whole life, I haven't been afforded this luxury, you know, until, you know, recent, you know, past several years, you know, so to speak, you know, you know, it's, it's been a, you know, dip your toe here, dip your toe here over the years, but never, you know, full force like this, you know, yeah, Tommy, Tommy, uh, I actually get to do a lot of stuff with him. Um, you know, whether it's an idea he has, and I mean, the guy, you know, he's nonstop. He's, he's one of the hardest working individuals I know. And I'm not just blowing smoke. You know, he's truly a genuine individual, probably one of the most honest individuals I've ever met, um, which is fantastic because I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't like sugarcoating, man. You know, I'm, you know, being from up North, man, you know, the deal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <tell it> straight <laughs> totally. through, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, when I first met him, I was like, Hey, you put your pants on the same way I do, Bob. <laughs> you know? So, and just, you know, again, a phenomenal talent, man. And I'm so stoked to actually, you know, help him out on stuff, you know, and again, be behind the scenes and you're, you're kind of playing a part, you know, like I said, you know, all these arenas, you know, they, they have similar traits to them. You know, there's a lot, a lot, you know, it's, it's Joey in the shadow, so to speak, you know, <laughs> not so much anymore, I guess. I don't know. You know, everybody's writing books <laughs> and I'm on social media now. So, you know, big hey. foot's out. Bigfoot's out of the woods, you know. <laughs> you got a public profile now; it's awesome. Uh, can you uh, like? <laughs> uh, can you like um, like if people want to follow you, like promote like some like your website and your? Oh yeah, uh, it's, it's public now. You know, like yeah, I, I went public uh, what last month. So I was like, yeah, let's give it a spin. You know, let's see what's what. You know, and uh, yeah, it's cool, man. It's definitely cool. Some far out stuff, I guess. Huh? You know, it's like you know back when I uh, got kind of well-known tattooing 
uh, I used to be in the magazines, you know, several times a month, you know, which again, it was a, a fortunate thing. You don't, you don't pursue these things, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, half the time I didn't even know I would have customers coming in or friends coming in. You know, like, hey, dude, you made this issue, you know, like you're the centerfold. I'm like, dude, I don't even remember posing for that, you know, and uh, it was pretty wild. And, you know, and then uh, again, you know, once I, uh, I had realized I was becoming part of something else, you know, leaning towards the warfare, you know, stuff, especially during the past 20 years, uh, you know, just be, went into the shadows, you know pull myself out of that, that spotlight, so to speak, you know, and just be like, you know, okay, this world is clandestine. You know, I came from the back alley, which was clandestine, you know, and not to, again, not to romanticize it. And, uh, you know, let's keep it like that, you know? So again, like these are all new arenas for me at this point, at this stage of the game, but it, um, it's thrilling. It, you know, it's absolutely, again, you know, I'm blessed, you know, I'm grateful for it. You know, in your Instagram is Warpaint Actual. Warpaint Actual. I just changed it. Yeah, and that's uh, in, in league with uh, the website I just started. So, you know. We, and I picked up some stickers where I'm, I'm going to add to my uh, beer fridge. Which awesome. About. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool, man. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm constantly creating, so it's, it's going to be constantly added to. I was like, hopefully my printer can keep up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We'll see. We'll see. You know, Joey becoming a brand. <laughs> I'll have yeah. my I'll have my own brand of tattooing next week. You know? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on the uh, oh, brother, brother. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks is all mine, man. I appreciate you. You know, this is this is a big privilege and big honor, man. And I, I I'm grateful for it, man. You know, I appreciate that. And uh, thanks for coming on the uh, podcast, brother. Thank you. Is there, anything, is there anything else that you want to uh, say before we let you go? No, no I just, I, again, I appreciate everything, man. Yeah, this is truly a privilege. You know, thank you. Thanks for hearing an old guy with some fun <laughs> stories. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> later. <Yeah. laughs>